Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service, and it's a summary of Faith Without Walls. It's with Pastor Omar and with Pastor Isaac, um, and they're doing like a, a tag team sort of uh, sort of message together, and it's a really fun way to summarize um, some of the key points and some of the key uh, sermons in our Faith Without Walls series. And uh, man, it was a really good message. They even kind of went um, off the cuff there with uh, just fresh ideas as they're, you know, talking, have a dialogue together. And so it's a really good message. I said, are you glad you're in the house of God? Turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. And so again, we welcome all of you tonight. We're glad you're here with us tonight. We're going to have a great time. Just, man, I tell you, I feel like just worshiping God. I mean, they, they took off. I, that's a classic song. I just couldn't sit down and not sing it. I, that's one of those songs that just gets a hold of you. And let it be a sweet, sweet song, man, in your ear. Hallelujah. And so we appreciate everyone being here tonight. We welcome all of those online, those that are watching on Facebook, those that are watching on YouTube. We welcome you here tonight. And we're, we're, pray, we're praying that the Lord will minister to you. We're going to do something different. Uh, we did it last month, and we felt we would do it again this month. Uh, I want to just, again, uh, let everyone know, maybe you don't know this right now, but next week, next Wednesday night, uh, we're going to have Corey Nichols, and he's from uh, Destiny Rescue. And if you're not familiar with Destiny Rescue, that is a ministry that rescues children from sexual and uh, sexual exploitation and sexual trafficking or child trafficking. And uh, they rescue children around the world. They literally go in and many of them kind of go undercover. And they act like they're going to go exploit those children, but they save them and they take them. And uh, it's, a, it's a big... It's a very risky business because, it's, it's, again, uh, you know, these, these people exploit these children. They make money off of them, and they're able to go in, and they have strategic ways that they go in, and they rescue these children right out of the hands of these people that have been exploiting them for years and children all over the world. And he'll be ministering and sharing stories. He's going to be here next Wednesday night. And uh, that was the date that he had available. So I said, sure, we, we want to have you come. And he'll come next Wednesday night. And because of that, we were actually going to do it la- next Wednesday, but we're going to do it early uh, today. We, we're we're going to kind of just talk about and summarize our message series, Faith Without Walls. Is that all right? We're going we're gonna to do that. And uh, we did something last month, sort of the same way, and we just kind of went through uh, the series that uh, we talked about uh, last that last month. And so this month, well, actually, last month was still part of this one anyway. So, um, so we we carried on with this series here uh, into this month, and then I have one more message that I'm going to minister this Sunday. And I believe it'll minister to your life. It'll really help you. Uh, and I'm going to talk about faith and your future. Because faith affects your future. And your future is affected by your faith. And so a lot of times we're making plans. And guess what? You're making plans without God. God's not involved in your plan. And then you want God to bless it. See, I'm already preaching my Come message. Yeah, I'm already that. preaching my message. So what we do is we decide to do things and we say, oh, can you pray that God blesses while you did it all on your own? And now you want God to be involved. And God was never involved to begin with. So I'm going to talk about how you make sure you need to have God in your plans. 
or your future is not going to look that great. I'm just going to be honest with you. So uh, you be with us this coming Sunday. We'll be here 9 and 11 o'clock uh, again. But we're going to summarize this series here called Faith Without Walls. And I'm going to uh, have Pastor I to kind of give you uh, a, a little bit of a, a, a summary of what we do when we put these series together. Yeah, so um, it's important that it's important for our congregation to understand what goes beyond uh, behind a lot of the things that we do. So I want to I want to preface it with with this, and we say this often here at Praise Chapel Paramount that uh, that we we are naturally supernatural. Okay, so what I mean by that is, uh, you know, we we uh, we believe in the full power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that nothing happens without the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit moving through us. And so, ultimately, what we're what we're doing is we're getting the mind of God. We are discerning. We're praying. Uh, uh, with Pastor Omar, the pastoral team leadership, we're praying uh, to get the mind of God. God, what do you want to speak uh, to this congregation? And so, and so we're doing that, and then and then we're getting a sense of that, and then uh, and then ultimately what we're doing is we're stewarding what God wants to do, uh, and and we prepare ourselves so that God can move in a situation just like tonight. How many of you felt the presence of the Lord here tonight? And so, and so what, what we're doing is we're, we're, uh, we're intentionally working towards creating an atmosphere or an environment so that God could show up and show off. So, so let me explain to you what we do uh, specifically as we're putting together uh, these sermon series. So, uh, so Pastor Omar, as the under-shepherd, is the vision caster. And so uh, we're, we're subject to his, uh, his leadership. And so oftentimes, Pastor Omar will come to the team with, uh, with a thought or something that he believes that God has put on his heart for the congregation. And so as a team, collectively, we'll talk about that, we'll pray about that, and then ultimately, we'll, we'll, we'll decide on this core concept. So uh, this month, what we wanted to talk about was faith, obviously. And what we wanted to, what we wanted to do was uh, expound on this faith and what, what we could do that is really beyond what happens here uh, on Sundays and Wednesdays, but what does faith look like when you go home? What does faith look like on your job? What does faith look like in your home? And so we wanted to make sure that we... Uh, we were able to communicate that to the congregation. Now, uh, what what uh, what we do is uh, so here's this concept that that we have, and then we work together with uh, with, with a group, and uh, really we try to we try to package it together so that it's Instagram worthy or catchy and things like that. But all but but we want you to understand that what we're doing is we're intentional about seeking the the heart of God for this congregation specifically. God, what do you want to say to this congregation today? So uh, listen to this. We, we say this often a lot of things are uh, it's 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 too coincidental to be a coincidence so uh, so all of our sermon series all of these things happened uh, we started planning these things in January I believe for for the first quarter of January February for the first quarter of this month so three months at a time uh, so Pastor Omar doesn't have a five-year plan. We don't have a uh, we don't have a two-year plan, right? I mean, we're just uh, we're just stewarding what God what God is doing, and we keep flexibility so that we're able to respond as the Lord leads us. Okay, so uh, so what we do is we, we we get together about ninety days in advance, and we say, okay, what is God saying? What does God want to do? And then we go with that. Now, coincidentally. Or, or sovereignly, right? Yeah. Is is uh, is that that God gave us uh, faith without walls, and God gave us. Um, I'm sorry. What was the sermon series before? Uh, the, wait a minute. Hold on a second. The one, the one before that. Yes. I am feeling. I am feeling. Okay, yeah, that's that's what it was. So I am feeling. Listen to this. So I am feeling. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I am feeling. I am feeling came uh, before we had any idea 
about, uh, about what was going to happen, okay? So we had no idea. God sovereignly moved, uh, moved on our pastor, and we started working this thing out, and then all of a sudden, uh, everyone was all in their fields, right? And so, uh, and so you see how God, you see how God just, just brought that together. Again, even faith without walls, we never knew that we wouldn't be able to gather together in church. We didn't know that it was going to be locked down, but God gave us this, this really this thought in the sermon series. So uh, what, what I, what I want to make sure that you understand is that, uh, um, we, we are, we are subject to what God wants to do here. And, uh, and you may see this big machine. You may see, you know, all these things are functioning well and all that kind of stuff. That is not the ingenuity of any one man. That is not the creativity of, of, of the pastoral team or anything like that. It's uh, people that are seeking God, discerning what God wants to do, and then stewarding what God does. Amen? And, and so again, it's not, a, again, but like he said, it's not a one-man show. It's a group of people that have come together, got the mind of God, and really have helped me uh, with even sermon illustrations and different props that I use and different stories that I've used. They've helped me with all that. And so we felt even as we went into faith that I think it's just perfect that we need faith during this pandemic. And so we wanted to give an understanding. There's a lot of elements of faith and a lot of different angles to faith. We think just faith is just one thing. And that's what we wanted to bring out in this series to let you know there are different things that you're going to deal with in your walk with God when it comes to faith. And, of course, we know the core scripture uh, to faith. Most of us know the scripture, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 1. It said, to have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of things that we cannot see. So it's not not a wish. It's not, oh, maybe it's going to happen. It's certain. You know it's going to happen. And that is going to be a key component to your Christianity is your level of faith. And we wanted to raise people's level of faith, enlarge your faith, and get you a larger spectrum of what faith is about. And so we dealt with what real faith is. Because lots of times we think, well, I just have faith in God. I believe in God. But no, actually when it talks about faith, it's faith in action. And so many times we just think that faith is just something we just have. It's personal. We have it in our mind and our heart. But if you have real faith in God, guess what? People are going to see it. It's not just something that hides in you. But some people will be able to see it in your life. And James really gives us, in fact, we've just been focusing on the book of James because the book of James is really like a how-to. If you want to know how to live for God, read the book of James. If you want to know how to have faith and what you need to be doing, you need to read the book of James. There's five chapters in that book, but I'll tell you what, it's packed. I mean, action-packed. And really, he begins to deal, James begins to deal with authentic faith. He begins to tell people, listen, you guys need to have faith in action. Not just say it, but they need to see it in your life. And one of the things that he says, it says, so faith, in James chapter 2, verse 17, faith by itself, it does not have works. What? It's dead. What do de dead things do? Nothing, right? And so it, it, you've got to have some life behind your faith. And lots of people will tell you, well, then you're talking about work. You're talking that you need to work your way to heaven. None of us can work our way to heaven. How many know that? It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. You couldn't work your way. Uh, your, your, your best day is filthy rags before God. 
Right? The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags to God. Your best day, it doesn't even meet up to God's standard. That's why there's grace, and we know we don't work our way there. And Paul and James, we want to just kind of give you a little basis, uh, a basic understanding of what faith is uh, versus works, because there's always people saying, well, are we working our way, or is it faith, is it grace, what is it? And, and actually, they work together. And when you have faith, you'll have works to back it up. People will be able to see it. So when, when Paul the Apostle talks about uh, we're saved by grace through faith, not of work, lest any man should boast, he's talking about works that are ceremonial. He's talking about works that are Jewish things. He said following the Jewish uh, ceremonial things. When James talks about work, he's talking about your behavior. He's talking about your life. The fruit of the spirit, right? So people ought to be able to see that Jesus is in your life. They ought to see a changed life. They ought to see a transformed life. Uh, they ought to be able to say, man, there's something different about that guy. The Bible says those that are in Christ, what? Are a new creation. They're new people. So you're supposed to be a new person. Now, you're still walking around cussing like a sailor. There's something going on with you, man. Uh, something's not right. And so, uh, again... Paul is talking about legalism, okay, and not following the, the law. And, and again, James is talking about looseness. In other words, don't be too loose in your faith that you live any way you want to live. And so I kind of, we kind of brought out that many times our, our Paul was focusing on the root of your salvation, something that happens inside. And James was talking about the fruit of your salvation, something that's external. In other words, faith that knows you're saved and then faith that what? Shows you're saved. In other words, Paul is saying, this is how you're going to know you're a Christian, by the grace of God, not of your own work. And this is how you're going to show you're a Christian. In other words, your faith is in action. And so I wanted to share that with you because many times people think they're, they're fighting against each other. And in reality, they are complementing one another. And so one of the first things that we said, that if you're going to have faith, and I'm going to let Pastor Isaac go from here, but real faith is not just words. Or something you say, but it's beyond that, right? It's beyond your words, and it's beyond something you say. Yeah, so, uh, so I think you guys missed it. I'm going I'm to re-quote it so you guys can write this down. Pastor Omar said that uh, it's the root of faith and the fruit of faith. And, uh, and, and so it should be very, very apparent. We, we said, uh, we, we said in, this, uh, uh, in this sermon, we said that uh, faith is like calories. Faith is like calories, all right, uh, you can't see calories, but you can see calories, right? Okay, you guys will get it in a little while. Yeah, you can't see calories, but you can see calories. And so this is what we're talking about: is is that is that faith? Uh, faith is 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 the root of what holds us together, what stabilizes us, and it's also, we can see it in fruit um, in, in, in our lives. So uh, one of the things I, I, I wanted to share is, uh, um, and this is, a, this is a quote that I got, and it, it says that uh, we're talking about works versus, uh, uh, works versus faith, right? And uh, it says that the unbelieving sometimes excel in these misleading virtues of generosity and, and goodness and grace and, and, and all these things. So uh, works apparently excellent and good may exist apart from faith. So 
we can know that our, our works flow from true faith if we perform them not to earn our own salvation, but as a response of gratitude of what God has done. So I'm sitting here, that's good. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here tonight while we're singing, um, you are good. And I see people weeping. You want to know why I see people weeping or why, the, why these people are weeping? I'm, I'm standing there and I'm just reflecting on the goodness of God. And I'm thinking that, I'm thinking about, uh, despite my situation, there's a lot of different dynamics that are represented here tonight. But I see people that are standing and declaring that God is good because there's faith that's rooted in their hearts. And so it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter the situation that we're walking in. Uh, regardless of all of those things, in spite of all of those things, God is good because we have faith that stabilizes us in moments of uncertainty. So, uh, so Pastor Omar said this. He said that uh, there are many professors of faith, but few are possessors of faith. And so there's many people, we could, we could talk it, and I, I, love, uh, I love my brother, Brother Jason Lopez. He tells me all the time, he says, bro, uh, Pastor, t- talk is cheap, talk is cheap. What, what are we doing? You know, we got to do these things. And that's, that's absolutely the truth, is that people are looking for the real deal. People are looking for authenticity in the church of God. I'll, I'll tell you, over this la- these last 120 days, the pandemic, I mean, it has really just uh, really exposed a lot of things in a lot of people's lives. And I I, I really believe that God is uh, God is strengthening the church in this time, and God is really taking people to a point of decision whether this thing is real or not. Uh, it, it, it feels good, it sounds good when we're singing together, uh, uh, all those different things. But when your faith is being tested, I, I may be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But when our faith is tested, how are you going to respond? So tonight we're declaring that God is good in spite of our situations because faith has stabilized us. God, you've done it. Uh, you've done it in the past. And God, we know that you're going to do it again. Man, I love that. <laughs> so, you know, this pandemic has really revealed a lot of talkers, right? They were talking the big talk, but as soon as the pandemic, man, they're not talking no more. They just got to win silent. So, you know what? We, not, we, need to, we need to tell somebody, don't say it, show it. All right? That's right? That's right. Don't just tell me, show me. And that's what exactly what James is talking about. He's saying, you know, what good is it, my brother, if a man claims to have faith? In James uh, uh, 1.14, man claims, he's claiming to have faith, but has no deed, don't have no works to back it up. Such faith cannot save that guy. That's what he's saying. He said someone is claiming to, to have faith, but yet don't have no, no works to back it up. Their life doesn't back it up. Talk is cheap. And that's what we're saying. We're saying there's a lot of people, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And they're not walking as examples of somebody of faith. And so this is why Jesus even said, uh, you know, there are going to be many people on that day, Lord, Lord, uh, we did this and we did that. He goes, you know what? I don't even know who you are away from me. He goes, I don't even know you. Why? Because talk is cheap. And so evidence of our faith needs to be the fruit of our faith. People need to be able to see it, not just you talk about it. And again, uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk. I'm just saying you need to back up what you say. And it needs to just be more than just pure words. I I, I talk to people all the time, and I begin to share the gospel with them. And they go, yeah, I'm saved, but I just heard them cussing out somebody, mad at everybody, and, you know, doing all of that. And there's a lot of people that claim Christianity, but they're not living Christianity, right? 
And so James is saying real faith, faith is re, it's got to be something that you show. And we've heard a lot about fake news, but I'm, I'm seeing a lot of fake faith. Come on. All right. So, so real faith is not just something you say, it's something you do. And real faith is not just something you feel. And I'll let Pastor Isaac talk about that. I'm going to put it in your lap. It's something, not something you feel, okay? I don't know if we're going to be able to get through all this, are we? If you want to skip something, just no, go for it. No, it. it's fine. You know, one of the things, uh, and, and what Pastor Omar is saying is that, uh, and I, I, I said it, you know, we got a lot of professors of faith, uh, but not so many possessors of faith. Uh, this, is, this is something that, that we should all understand is that uh, if you believe, how many of you believe in God? You believe in God. Amen. That's, that's awesome. That's a good start. Because the Bible says that the demons believe in God. Right? And so, so what I'm saying is that your claim and your profession doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's, what, it's the fruit of our life and it's what we're doing with this faith. Right? So um, maybe, we, maybe we'll just move on to fireproof faith. We're going to move on to fireproof faith. All right, so, uh, so let me share this, uh, and, and we're moving on to fireproof faith, and uh, uh, this is, this is going to be fun. Uh, Pastor Isaac is leading this tonight. Go ahead. <laughs> no, actually it is. I'm letting him just kind of, hey, you just take us through it. Go ahead. So, uh, so James 1, 2 through 4 says this, uh, and listen to this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, now I'm going to stop right there. He says, uh, it, he doesn't say if you face tri- trials. He says, when you face trials of, ver- of a variety, of various kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So Pastor Omar, I don't know if you want to, you, if you want to just kind of start this thing off here. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll go right into this yeah. thing. So again, folks, uh, you know, we're, we're going to try to cover as many of the series that we can. That was the whole uh, ideal. And, and so we're going to kind of cut through it. But we're hoping that it'll minister to you, kind of remind you. Hopefully you'll go back and listen to some of these things, listen to some of the podcasts, and go back online and listen to it, because I think it can really enrich you, really help you uh, in your walk with God. Let me just say this. I want to say, can I just say this? I'm going to say this, and I, 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 you know, I'm going to say off the record, but we're on the record. Here we are, right? Off the record, I'm going to say, no, on the record, uh, you can't make it alone. And so when you think you can, you're stupid, okay? You need other people. Okay, you need other people in your life. All right? I'll say this. And when you think, I don't need connect group, you're ignorant. You do. You need other people in your life to help you. You need leaders to help you. Oh, I got it all together. No, you don't. Let me just tell you something. In my walk with God, would help me. It helped me go to a connect group. Help me have a leader. Help me to be accountable. I let myself, I gave people permission to speak into my life. And say, hey, man, where you been? What's going on with you? Instead of saying, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. You're ignorant. You're acting like a fool. That's not faith. Faith says, you know what? I give you permission to speak into my life. And if I haven't been showing up, you call me. You follow up on me. 
I'll listen to you. That's what faith is. That, that's what real faith is. It says, you know what? I need people in my life. I need others to speak into me. I can't make it alone. Uh, and you can't. I'll tell you, I can't make it alone. I need other pastors. I need other people. And in my walk with God uh, and serving God, it'll be next year in, in February, I'll be serving God for 40 years. We believe that? Some of you are not even close to that age. And I'm going to tell you what the key is, is that I have friends and I have people in my life that helped me along the way, and I didn't make it alone. So when you start coming off of that, I'm just telling you, you are cutting yourself short. You're not acting in faith. You're acting like a fool. So I don't even know where that came from. It must have been the Holy Spirit that inspired it. I, I, don't even, I, I didn't even cover what you asked me to no, cover. It's, okay. it's all right. That was good. But, but, but the Bible says, go, well, go ahead. If you want to go ahead, go from there. I, I just felt like I had to say that that's to some good. of you. No, that, that's great. That, so, so listen, as we're going through trials of various kinds, many kinds, how many of you going through trials of many kinds, all, all kinds, all of them? The key, to, the key to walking through this, number one, is the Holy Spirit. Okay? You have to be full of the Holy Spirit. I'll say that one more time because everyone's checking out when I say that because they say, yeah, yeah, get to the good part. That's the good part, is that you have to be full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, your willpower, your uh, mind over matter, your positive thinking is, is going to fall short when we're going through these variety of trials. But one thing that will help is a positive outlook. Now, what, I, what I, I'm not talking about self-help. I'm not talking about, uh, there, there's a lot of new age stuff out there, re, uh, uh, affirmations and declarations, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's, there's some good to that. There's some Christian declarations that you could be doing. But the, the positive outlook that I'm talking about is a faith-filled outlook. So it's not a hope so, it's I know so. God is going to move. I know God is doing something in spite of this trial. With this trial, God is doing something in my life. So so, so problems are unavoidable and problems are inevitable. Tell someone problems are inevitable. So Pastor Omar, you're going to have, have to help me out with this saying. You say that we're usually uh, going through problems, on our, coming out of a problem or on our way to another one, right? Or in the middle of the problem. What I'm saying is that problems are ongoing, okay? If you, if you move through a problem, thank God for that and, and brace for the next one because it's coming. And so, and so we, we have to be aware of this. Now, Jesus told us in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So Jesus is saying there's going to be trials. There's going to be things that are coming against your life. And I'm telling you these things now. So that when they happen, you could have peace because I told you about them. He goes on to say, um, uh, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. All right, there's some of you that got that. And so uh, there, there's, a, there, there's a book that, ta uh, there's a book, it's called The Road Less Traveled. And it's this biography that uh, a, a gentleman named Scott Peck, he, he wrote this book. Okay, I'm not telling you to go read the book or look it up or anything like that. He was talking about, it was an autobiography. He was talking about his life. There's a lot of bad things that happened in his life. But this is, this is the beginning sentence to that book. It says, life is difficult. How many of you guys could say, life is difficult? All right, some of you guys, I'd love, I'd love to meet the ones that say that life is all, all roses. But life is difficult. Problems are un unpredictable. And, and oftentimes we won't even see them coming. They come unexpectedly. 
They come unexpectedly. You, you, you think you got it all figured out. Uh, you, you've crossed all your, uh, you've dotted all your I's, you've crossed all your T's, then all of a sudden, blindsided, something happens. And it shakes your faith, it shakes your world, it turns your world upside down. What are you going to do in that situation? First Peter uh, 1, 6 through 7 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, all the varieties of trials. These have come so that the proven, so, so that the proven genuineness of your faith, we're talking about that authenticity in your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So we, talk, we talked about the refiner's fire. You, you, want, you want to talk about the refiner's fire? The, the guy making the gold? Yeah. yeah. So the guy that was making the gold, this lady went to go see him make this gold, the goldsmith. And she uh, noticed that as she, uh, that he was putting the gold in in, in intense heat, that all the impurities were, uh, he was removing all the impurities from the gold. And he, had, he kept it right in the middle of that heat. I mean, it was hot. And the more intense, the, the easier it was to, to remove the impurities. And, and she said, do you have to keep your eye on it every single goes, Oh, yeah, I have to keep my eye on it every single moment. Because if I, can, if I don't, it's going to ruin the gold. And she, she thought how God watches over us the entire time. He's with us, even in the hottest point in our life. And then, they, then she asked him, well, how do you know when it's done? In other words, it's been purified. He goes, that, that's simple. He said, I see my reflection in the gold. God looks at you and he wants to see his reflection in you. Right? So what, what do these trials do? Sometimes I, I know these trials, we said this before, we don't go through it, we grow through it. Many times God's trying to sanctify your character. He's trying to build you up. And he allows these battles and trials in your life to build you, to form you, to mold you, to mature you. You're never going to mature unless you go through some things in your life and realize that, you know what? I have to trust God through each and every step. I think we should just move on probably right into temptation unless you have a, a note you want to say because we're, we're, we're losing time here uh, again. And we, we're going to go through as quick as we can, but we get excited and we start moving on. So why don't, why don't you go ahead and, and, and introduce the temptation one? Okay, so uh, how many, uh, by show of hands, how many of you have been tempted in the last week. Show your hands, please. All the way up, all the way up. Okay, the rest of you guys that haven't been tempted, you guys can shine your halos right there in your seat. Listen, th- this, is, this, is something, this is something that I believe will liberate the Christian. I believe that the enemy uses temptation to hold us down, to, to put a, a, a blanket of shame over us, uh, to, to lie to us and tell us that we'll never achieve whatever it is that God has called us to do. I'm telling you this, trials do not disqualify you. I'm going to say that one more time. Trials do not disqualify, or temptation does not disqualify you. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Temptation does not disqualify you. Temptation does not void or annul the calling of God on your life. If you are here and you're being tempted, that's okay. That's okay. Temptation in itself is not sin. Temptation in itself does not disqualify you for what God wants to do in your life. Did Did I help anyone tonight? 
If you're, sit, if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, well, pastor, I continue to have temptation to, uh, uh, to look at pornography. I continue to have temptation to go and get drunk. I continue to have temptation to go and get high. The, the, the temptation in itself is not sin. It's a choice. Amen. And, and that's why I said earlier, two are better than one. That's right. So Come when on. you're going through a temptation, that's why you need to have a relationship with people that will help you during your temptation. Can you say amen? Because woe to that person when you're alone is what the Bible said. That's why we need others in our life. But let me, let me give you a definition of what we said temptation was. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. That's good. Someone's got to write that down. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of your obedience to God. And there's always going to be something that's going to say, well, if you do this, it's going to feel good. If you do this, this is going to do this for you. If you, if you smoke this, if you drink this, if you hit this, if you go here, if you get this thrill, and you find out, yeah, it makes you feel good for a moment. But then, but then it all comes crashing down. It's only a temporary feel, and that's exactly what temptation does. It fills us temporarily, and then we're back in that same cycle again. We're going up and down. This is why we need to realize temptations are going to, we're going to face them every day. Pastor Isaac asked how many face temptation, every single one of us. Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned. He was tempted at every point that we have been tempted. And so don't ever say, God don't understand. God was walking your walk. God was feeling your feel. He knows everything. He's, he's been tempted at every point, the scripture said. He was a human being. So he knows what it is uh, uh, to have things come against him. And he overcame them. That's why he can help you overcome every temptation, everything that comes against your life. And so you just need to know that you're going to be tempted. There's no one here. Don't, go, don't fall for the misconception that you're never going to be tempted. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. In other words, every other person or every person has gone through the, what you're going through. A lot of times when we're going through things, nobody's going through what I'm going through. Friend, they've been there, done that. Way before you ever even got there. And so don't ever say, well, nobody knows what I'm feeling because uh, all of us this morning have been faced with some compromising situation and you got to decide right there what you're going to do. Are you going to stay right with God or are you going to give in to that temptation? Are you going to let that thing destroy your life or are you going to let God help you through it? Because the Bible says he always gives you a way of escape. Don't ever say, well, the devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything. Well, I, there was no way out. There's always a way out. Maybe you shouldn't even went there to begin with, right? So we're all human. So you, we need to take responsibility. And I'll just let Pastor Isaac talk about that. Yeah, so uh, say that with me. Say responsibility. Okay, so the devil didn't make you do it. Okay, I, I was I was talking to my connect group and I said this. It's like a like a Krispy Kreme donut. Everyone, everyone know what a Krispy Kreme donut is? Yeah, that's 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 the enemy right there. So listen, I could have Krispy Kreme donuts. I could put them on, on, uh, on, on my counter there, right? Now, I could walk by that, and I am tempted. How many of you are tempted by a Krispy Kreme donut? So I am tempted. Now, the Krispy Kreme donut's never going to jump out of the box and hit me in my mouth. It's not going to do that. It's going to take intentional action for me to open that box, grab it, and put it in my mouth. It's the same thing 
with temptation. It's the same thing with sin. Okay, so sin is so temptation is gonna uh, uh, poke its little head up, right, via uh, via uh, text message or uh, DM or something like that. It's gonna show up, and then you have a choice as to what you're going to do. Are you going to respond to that, or are you going to delete it? That's your choice. So don't so 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 don't blame anyone. All right, uh, it, we are all adults, and we take personal responsibility for the actions that we do. It's it's not anybody's fault. You're not a victim of your situation. There's no victims. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings. You are not a victim. You have to you you we have to be responsible, and it's the decisions that we make that put us in our situations. So, so, temp, so temptation and ultimately sin, this happens progressively. Listen, uh, man of God, woman of God, you've been saved. God's delivered you. God has worked things out and God has blessed you. You're moving and grooving and all things are great. Compromise begins to settle in when we, when we begin to get comfortable. And if we're not on our, uh, if we're not on our game, if we're not in prayer, if we're not, uh, if we're not being held accountable, if we think that we're, uh, we got it all figured out, sin progressively will grow in our lives. Now, let, let, let me explain what I'm saying here. Uh, we, we shared a story about, uh, what, what was the man's name? The man's name was Bob Leach. Remember that story? So, so Bob Leach did a lot of crazy things in his life, okay? A lot of, a lot of big, like, stunts, okay? A lot of crazy big things, okay, in his life. Now, the ironic thing about him is that he never died in, in, in action. Bob Leach never died in action. You want to know what he died about or what he died of? He slipped on a banana, uh, on a banana peel, hit his head, and, and died, and so what we're saying is it's the little things in our lives that we allow in our lives that will ultimately be the death of us in our walk with God. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't all of a sudden wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to go cheat on my wife. That happens progressively. You're... You're... You're accepting the friend requests. You're entertaining the conversations. You know exactly what you're doing. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens progressively. And so we have to understand what the enemy is doing in those moments, in those times of temptations. The Bible says to flee those evil temptations. Run, get out of there. And so we need God. We need, we need the power of God in our lives. We need to have discernment. We need to have people in our lives that are helping us, that are walking us through all of these different things. It doesn't happen one big shot. It's progressively, it's the little things in our lives that we allow to, to, to ultimately rob what God wants to do in our lives. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this because I think this is really, really important. I want you guys to, I want you guys to write this down. So we're talking, about, uh, we're talking about temptation. And so temptation is a process. It's not a one-time shot. So the devil uses desire in us. The devil uses the desire in you. All right, naturally, look, our, our hearts are wicked. Naturally, we want everything that's not good for us. Naturally. We don't, we, 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 we don't naturally aspire for the things of God. All right, that's a discipline that, that we're letting the Holy Spirit work in us. But naturally, we desire bad things in our lives. So, to, so the devil will use the desire that's already in you. If you don't believe me, read James 1.14. It says, temptation comes from our own desires. 
which entice us and drag us away. I'm going to move on. The enemy from, from, from our desires, the enemy will use deception. So you have desire and then deception. The enemy will begin to start to lie to you, telling you it's okay, it's not that bad, uh, you could do this, no big deal, all those different things. How many of you guys have heard that in your life? So the enemy will use the desire that's in you and then ultimately start to use deception and enticing you with your own desires. Ultimately, what this does is leads us to a place of disobedience. Write that down, disobedience. So desire, uh, desire, deception, and then disobedience. Let, let me touch a little bit on the deception too that I mentioned and I'll let Pastor I think he's on a roll. So he's preaching it better than I did. Uh, James 1.14, again, it says, but each one is tempted when they're dragged away and I'm reading out of the NIV. That word dragged away is a hunter's term, meaning a snared trap. Okay? So he's got a trap already. He's already got a way of deception. And then he's enticed, it says, uh, by their own evil desire and enticed. That word enticed is a fisherman's term, meaning a leered bait. So he's putting the bait. And if anyone knows anything about fishing, if you know any uh, how to fish really good, you know that there's certain bait... That you have to use for certain fish. If the better the bait, the better the lure, you'll catch that fish. And so the enemy knows how to lure you. He knows what bait to put on there. And every time behind that temptation, there's a hook waiting to hook you right out. So go ahead, Pastor Isaac. Keep going, man. Come on. So listen, it's an intentional assault on your life by the enemy. Don't think it's coincidental. Don't think that all of a sudden, uh, old girl at, at, at work is now fluttering her eyes at you because you got it like that. No. 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 It's a dis it's a intentional assault on the call of God on your life by the enemy. Recognize it for what it is. And so you have so you have desire, you have deception, and then ultimately you have disobedience. What follows disobedience is spiritual death. Spiritual death. God wants to terminate or uh, the enemy wants to terminate what God is doing in the believer's life. I believe that there's many, there's many people in, in this place that God has a phenomenal, beyond your wildest imagination, what God wants to do in your life. And the enemy's intentional assault every single day in your life, every single time you wake up, is to annihilate that, terminate that, and make you think that you can't ever do it. See, a lot of us think, man, I, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Yes, you are, but you're not free from the consequences. Because there are consequences to everything that you do. And we, we need to think about what are the consequences to what I'm going to do? Is it going to destroy my life? Is it going to destroy my marriage? Is it going to destroy my relationship? Lots of people don't think that far, and you need to. Because that will stop you right away. If you flirt with it, you'll fall for it. So we need to really think about what we're doing to overcome temptation. And we gave you a, a few different strategies about overcoming temptation, unless you have another comment about it. Go ahead. No, no, I'm good. And, and I, I think what's happened many times is uh, uh, when we're facing temptation, uh, there's a couple things we need to know. That the enemy is looking for your vulnerable part, he, a vulnerable a vulnerability. He's looking for your weakness. And he knows what it is. He knows exactly. So you better... Uh, let me just say this. You better sober up and recognize your weaknesses. Okay? If, if going to the bar is your weakness, is smoking and all that, then stay away from there. If girls are a weakness, then stay away from them. 
And like, uh, like Pastor Isaac said, don't answer the, uh, the inbox or the, uh, in the, or the message in your, whatever you call it. What is it? Direct message. Direct DMs. message, whatever. You DM. guys know what we're talking All about. All these different things, you know. I, I've gotten them before. Somebody's saying hello. I go, I don't know you. I'm not even, I'm, I hit the lead. I'm not even in choir. Especially if I see a woman saying, hello there. Uh, get out of here. I'm not, I don't got time for you. And, and let me just say that if you really want to be accountable, if you're really saying you want to, men out there, your wife should know all your passwords to everything on your phone. There shouldn't be any secret. What are you hiding? I'm not hiding anything. My wife can get on any of my uh, electronic devices. I'm preaching now. She can get on any of my electronic devices. I have no problem. She can pick up my phone, any of my iPads, anything, any computer she wants. I have no, I'm not hiding anything. But why is it some of these men say, oh, no, she can't tell you, you hiding something? And let me just tell you, God knows. He sees what you're doing. He knows what you're up to. And so if we're going, if we're going to stay away from Satan's bait, uh, or his, he's baiting that trap, you need to recognize what your weaknesses are, and you need to again uh, begin to say, okay, I'm not going there anymore. This is why uh, we, we ended that series. We talked about a couple of things at the end. They said, what's going to help us? Fellowship with other Christians. I said it earlier already. And that you need other people in your life. You're, you're not made. The Bible says uh, it's not good for a man to be alone. We're not talking just about marriage. Alone, period. You need somebody else. You need to get into God's word. You need the word of God in your life. You need God's word in you every day. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to spend time in the presence of God. You need to spend time in God's presence. You need to get the, a little bit of fear of God in you. Can I, can I tell you something? I, I, I was talking to a, a minister, and, and he said, you know why I won't fall in, in the, in, into adultery? I said, why? He goes, because I, I, got, a, I got a conviction that I'm going to get AIDS. I said, wow, that's pretty strong. He goes, I got that. He goes, I'm going to get AIDS. So, I, so whenever I, a woman tries to approach me, I, I'm getting AIDS. I'm not going there. I, you know, I, I'm just not walking there, you know. And so he pretty much said in his life that he just got this conviction that suddenly I'm not going to do that. We need to get a little fear like that. And say, you know what? I'm going to destroy my life if I do that. And I don't want to do that. So you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to, you know what? Why don't we just bow our heads for just a moment? Because I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. And I thank you guys for, for listening to us today. I know we went over this summary. But I, I believe today it's important that we realize what we're talking about. We're talking about real faith. Genuine faith authentic faith and there's so much that we can cover and again we want to encourage you listen to these messages but even as the holy spirit is here right now how many just with your head bowed eye closed you say we don't god's dealing with me pastor even just the things that you guys talked about raise your hand say god's dealing with me i we see five people in this whole room that's all god dealt with you say yeah yeah you know what god dealt with me praise god praise god we got some honest people saying god dealt with me there's some things there that i realize that i i need to get right but before we go on if you're in this room whoever you are maybe you just came maybe it's your first time here maybe you're a visitor Maybe you've been here a couple of times, but you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never given your life to Christ. You've never surrendered your heart to God. I'm telling you today, today's your day. You don't want to die without Jesus in your life. Jesus said he's the way, he's the truth, and the life. And no one comes to him. No one comes to him.
Man, I'm telling you, except the Holy Spirit draw him. So the Holy Spirit is drawing you today. The Holy Spirit is drawing you today. And so whoever you are in this room, maybe you're watching online as well, we want you to encourage you to give your life to Jesus. But if you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life right now, raise your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. I need the Lord. God bless you right here. Who else? Who else? Anybody else today? God bless you. Back over there. Thank you. Who else? God dealing with you. Just say, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. We don't want you to leave here the same way you walked in. If you're watching online, we want you to just pray and give your life to Jesus tonight. Let us know on there. Say, I need to give my life to the Lord. Anybody else tonight, you're saying, that's me. I need to give my life to the Lord tonight. Tonight's my night. Maybe you were once walking with God, but you're away from God right now, and you need to come back to the Lord. I want you to just close your eyes and bow your head. I want you to repeat this prayer. Not to me. I want you to say it to God, and I want you to speak it out, okay? Say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus... I believe you died for me and rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Be Lord of my life. Change my life. Make me a new person. From this day forward, I will serve you In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.